Hey, check it out. Hey, check it out. Check it out. It's Josh, Corey, and Anna. We watch Starstruck, a musical. It's from Australia, but it's not by Baz Luhrmann. It's by Gillian Armstrong, and it's pretty good. And they're singing and dancing, and everybody's horny. <laughs> It is a weirdly horny movie. <laughs> the other thing is that it's Australian, and it's kind of a magical realism thing, but at the same time, I can't tell what's Australian <laughs> versus what's, what's fantastical. <laughs> hey, everyone. It's Hey, Check It Out. We're doing my movie this week. Uh, not that I wrote it. It's my choice. My choice. Uh, I'm Josh A. Kagan. Like I said, this is Hey, Check It Out. This is a show where one of us brings a movie near and dear to their hearts because they love it or they hate it or they just think it's weird. And then they show it to their friends, the other two. And then we talk about it at sizable length. We'll see how we do today. With us, as always, are my treasured wonderful, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, fresh new 2022 co-hosts. Introduce yourself, friends. Say hello to the nice people. I'm Anna Wasserman. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, know, I, I felt like I was supposed to do something else, but I don't think that was. <laughs> new, new Year, uh, New Anna. Uh, I'm uh, Coriander Dickinson. Uh... We did it. I feel harassed. Why? We have to do we now we have to get hey check it out HR in here. Oh no. <laughs> HR check it out. If I have to get HR, you're both fired. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not cool. We're gonna unionize. It's just Ian doing a Homestar Runner impression. <laughs> Hello, I'm HR. <laughs> <laughs> That's my shitty, shitty Homestar Runner that impression. That was actually pretty okay. Mazapan. <laughs> That's not bad. Um, so yeah, we're talking about uh, 1982's uh, Starstruck, directed by Gillian Anderson. I got some quick opening thoughts, so I don't blab about it you through said. the whole thing. Gillian Anderson, wouldn't that be something? Gillian Armstrong. A mistake. I propose. I would... You propose to Gillian oh, I, Anderson? I, Get in no, line. Well, Will you no, marry no. me? Man, oh man. Oh, uh, no. Ghosts. I pro... <laughs> Why am I Scooby Doo? In the face of Jillian Anderson, we would all be Scooby-Doo. Hi, man. Okay, well, at any rate, I propose a drinking game where our listeners drink every time we accidentally say Jillian Anderson. So all right. Oh. All right, I'll have, I'll have some water. It's 1982, and we're in Australia. And if we're talking about Australian movies in the late 70s and early 80s, we're generally talking about two types of movies. Number one, very serious award bait movies, like 1982's The Year of Living Dangerously. And number two, Ozploitation movies like the astonishingly crass and immoral turkey shoot. For more on the second kind of movies and the state of the Australian uh, film industry in the 70s and 80s, I highly recommend the documentary Not Quite Hollywood. Director Gillian Armstrong's first feature, 1979's My Brilliant Career, was in the former category. It was a turn-of-the-century romantic costume drama about a young woman who yearns to be a writer based on a beloved Australian novel, starred very serious actors Judy Davis and Sam Neill, and set up Armstrong to basically be the director of costume dramas for the rest of her life. And that's basically what happened. Her biggest movie, and one that I think probably most of our listeners would be familiar with, is 1994's Little women which is the costumist of dramas except 
for her second movie. She wanted to do something that was a million miles away in tone while still continuing the themes of her first. So we get Starstruck, a new wave sort of musical comedy starring young amateur actors who can sort of sing and dance and act. It's a little too grown up to be a kid's movie, and it's a little too juvenile for adults. It's weird, and that's why I like it. One of the characters in the movie says at one point, there's only boring and interesting, and it's not boring. There are choices on the production level that are bummers, mostly the level of horniness in the movie. Uh, and I'm sure we'll discuss that, I'm sure. Ultimately, it's filled with most of the things I like. It takes place in the good person universe, which is to say everyone in the movie mostly has their hearts in the right place, and any bad vibes or antagonists quickly come and go, leaving only a minty aftertaste. Mostly it's about being young, doing dumb stuff you're not supposed to, confounding grown-ups, and ultimately winning. It's a nice, weird, cheap, rough-around-the-edges musical, and like... We just don't get a lot of those. We don't get cheap musicals. And I like them. Also, there are a lot of cats and birds, and uh, they're all real cute. Anyways, them's my initial thoughts. What'd you two think? Corey, what'd you think of Starstruck? Well, the movie seemed to put a big emphasis on a band called The Swingers, which I have never heard of, and that's because they produced one album and then broke up in 1982, the year this movie was released. <laughs> nice timing. The only notable information I could find is that the bass player went on to replace the bass player in Midnight Oil right before the record with Beds Are Burning was released. Oh, that's nice. But that's it. Mm. He's uh, Wayne Stevens, a.k.a. Bones Hillman. A, a terrible mayonnaise. Uh, I learned from from my, my lovely partner, Jennifer, uh, who knows more about these things than I do that uh, one of the people who worked on the music for this movie was uh, the brother of a member of crowded house who also had a band with said member of crowded house called the Finn brothers. I think let me add to that. So Tim Finn wrote, I think a couple of the songs in the movie, the best song in the movie, a jam called temper temper, uh, which I think mm -hmm. is uh, the first uh, song that the young lady does in the picture. Uh, so Tim Finn is brothers with Neil Finn and together they were in a band called split ends, right. which was a huge band in the 1970s. Neil Finn eventually left to start crowded house and then for a couple albums, Tin Pin followed him. Uh, Split Ends is quote unquote biggest. So the one that got, I think, the most uh, American traction is a song called I Got You. Sometimes I've been trying. So well remembered that I know every word of it by heart. <clears throat> and if you are familiar with Crowded House and if you're familiar with Split Ends and you hear the song Temper Temper, you will go. Holy shit, that's a Tim Finn song if I ever heard one. That is what Jen did. Yep. <laughs> Agreed. Additional sort of things in the uh, credits. Turns out the production designer of this movie was also the production designer on both the stage and film version of Rocky Horror Picture Show, which mm. is a big no-duh from all of the musical numbers. And then the uh, weird, weird sequel to Rocky Horror Picture Show, Shock Treatment, uh, mm. which we might have to do one of these days. That's a strange movie. It. That's a weird movie. Mm. And besides that, it's just, it's a, it's a big mess. Did you two enjoy the picture? I'm going to give that a uh, hesitant yes. That's fair. It is bizarre. The biggest problem is that it's weirdly paced and 80 yard. There's a cockatoo that steals the scene, uh, which is a big plus. And some of the music is catchy, but I have no idea 
why or what happened? <laughs> like plot wise or like at all? <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I mean, I agree with that assessment, Corey. I also, I think about half an hour in, I describe I describe the film as extremely chaotic. Uh, I did enjoy it quite a bit, but it was also very hard to concentrate on. And I feel like there's a lot of plot information that's delivered very quickly and very top heavily in the first like 10, 15 minutes. That is not really, um, it's not really brought to your attention in the sense that this is going to be important. It's just a lot of stuff is happening and this is one of the things that happening. And then it turns out that it's really plot relevant. There's so many familial relations in this film that is very, diff that they do not go out of their way to make expressly clear for, for quite some time, if ever, uh, that make it somewhat difficult. But in general, it was, there was always something new happening. Like, you know, hey, if it's like, hey, if you don't like this scene, another one's coming on, unless it was a musical number, in which case it lasts about two minutes longer than I would have liked. <laughs> I agree with, I agree with Corey that the majority of the songs are not memorable some of them are like i enjoyed some of them while they were going on i agree that temper temper is probably the best one but they weren't bad they're just like a little bit disposable and it, at, for a musical like most of most of the songs are not like about any they're they're just songs that are in the movie they're not songs about what's happening so they're you know that it's that kind of music which is fine it doesn't necessarily push the story forward yeah but it expounds on themes it's closest analog it's like a new wave fucked up edited with a pair of safety scissors and a bottle of Jack Daniels version of like, a, it's not quite a beach party movie, but it definitely mm. has, it definitely has feelings of an early days of rock and roll movie, which is to mm. say a, a don't knock the twist, a rock around the clock, you know, movies of that nature where it's just like, there's some kids, they want to go on the talent show and win right they go on the talent show and win and it's like you could do a version of this that's you know frankie and annette oh sure and in fact one of the things that uh i sent my my dear friends a neat little 10 minute interview with gillian armstrong where she said the movie that she was offered off of this was back to the beach <laughs> <laughs> which is the completely bonkers, weirdly informed, why did this happen, boomer nostalgia fuck-up movie that came mm. out in the late 80s and stars Frankie and Annette and Pee Wee Herman and Fishbone. Uh, and it's just a back- And to Gilligan the and the Skipper. And Gilligan and the Skipper. It is a mess. Weird. Um, and I think she would have killed it. I agree. Uh, I think she would have done great based on this movie. They're actually very spiritually akin. It's a great big mess. It kind of feels like when there's a holiday and then somebody in the room says, the kids are going to put on a show for us. And then you sort of sit on the couch and all of the kids like run around and wave their hands and go, now I'm singing, now I'm dancing, now I'm dancing and singing, now I'm an elephant, now you're a mouse, blah, 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 blah. And that's the story of Christmas or whatever. And it's like, mm -hmm. And that's kind of what this is. Like it Armstrong is a very talented director. And so there's nothing in the movie that I don't feel like isn't on purpose. And so that chaotic feeling I feel like is done with purpose. It's edited oh, yeah. with purpose. It's cut with purpose. It's directed with purpose. It's acted with purpose. And then, so I think the question is ultimately, was it successful 
or was it a giant fucking mess? And I think mm. it I think it leans towards successful, but I don't mind the messiness of it because I think, and this will also come up when we discuss the movie's horniness. I think everybody made this with pure intentions in their hearts in the right place. There are scuzzy aspects to it. And certainly in the light of 2022, there's stuff that I do not think should be in the movie, but I don't think it was made with ill intent by bad people. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And actually Uh, I watched it twice and I feel the reviewing it uh, helped a bit because there's definitely a lot of connecting material that's either said very quickly, casually, or is just kind of like there in the scene before the following scene. And it's like, if you were paying attention, Corey, you would have seen that she's reading a pamphlet about how to read, walk on a tightrope before the scene where she walks on a tightrope. They just don't lampshade anything. It just happens. And again, I don't necessarily mind it. I think they could have been a little better. Like you look at a guy like Robert Altman He's the king of letting people live their lives on screen and still kicking the ball ever forward. There's still a narrative that's charging towards an end and you're still you're still hearing the things that you need to hear. The other thing, I pride myself on being able to, you know, basically pick out English words from heavy accents. If you are not somebody who watches a lot of Australian entertainment, you crank up those closed captions you because they're f- fair dinkum. There is a lot of Australian bullshit dialect in this, <laughs> and it makes some of the stuff goddamn impossible to parse. I really should have done that. I did not do that. I just cranked up the volume, which is what I do when I have trouble with accents. Perfect. <laughs> it's the reverse of thinking somebody who can't speak your language will understand it if you shout. Yes. Yes. Louder, always better. Uh, A slight digression that we can cut. Kale and I were in the jolly old UK and we went to go see a production of, uh, not Pal Joy, Guys and Dolls. And it was Ewan McGregor and Jane Krakowski in Guys and Dolls. Uh, And Krakowski was the only American in the cast. So then what you had was a bunch of English, like Shakespearean actors trying to do Chicago accents. And what they decided instead of doing that was to just... If we shout all of our lines as loudly as possible, that's basically an American accent. It's not wrong. <laughs> not wrong. I can see this as an episode of 30 Rock, like basically. Yes. You're right? Yes. <laughs> are you, Josh, are you sure that you didn't watch an episode of 30 Rock? I am very sure of that. <laughs> okay. When I watch an episode of 30 Rock, halfway through, somebody doesn't come around and sell me ice cream. Which happens oh. at the what? I know, right? Uh, Kayla and I were like, the show is merely a C plus, but having ice cream vendors at a musical theater event, yeah, England, you're doing something right. Okay, I agree because like the first time I went to the Alamo Draft House, having a burger and a milkshake mm. during a movie. Oh, oh. Mm. why didn't we discover this sooner? You can go too far with that. American dinner theater is the worst way to see a show and perform in a show. The food is terrible. The acting is terrible. The audience is terrible. I am restraining myself from doing the entire Mark Hamill and Guys and Dolls scene from uh, The Simpsons. Thank you. Everybody just just remember it yourselves. Uh, One thing I will say about Starstruck. Oh, Starstruck. The closest analog I could think of that I'd seen to its tone because 
because it has this thing where on one hand, the reality of it is extremely heightened um, and it looks really good and it's got popping colors and everything like that, but it's not, it's not cinema verite. Um, it's highly stylized, but on the other hand, it is also about working class people trying to, trying to make it in a difficult eco economic time. And the thing that it reminded me of, uh, was the film, my beautiful laundrette, which is similarly oh, yeah. very stylized, but also very ground level and has uh, Daniel Day Lewis in it. There's a movie I have not seen in a thousand million years. I think last time I saw that it was on VHS. I should watch that again. Speaking of things I'd never watched before, over the new year, uh, the wife and I, uh, we had somehow never managed to watch A Hard Day's Night, which is right. a thousand million times better. I mean, let's not, let's not, <laughs> it is a very, but as far as just like going for almost a semi-documentary feel, but with a heightened reality and musical numbers, yes. there's that same kind of delightful goddamn anarchy of just watching like, Here's a bunch of real talented people. We're going to point a camera at them. There's a plot, but goddamn if we know what it is. Oh, it's time for some tunes. They're fun movies to watch within, you know, the same week of each other. Obviously, like mm. I said, Hard Day's Night is the better film. But again, when you're going for the combination of like, like Anna said, like a, like a slice of life realism that's not quite verite, but also a heightened, a heightened colorful real, like, it's a neat little movie. I think I have affection for Starstruck more than I like it. I'm just sort of like, ah, hmm. ah, you did it. You did this. You made a movie. This is great. And I don't mean that in a condescending way, but it's just like, there's no reason why this should work. And God damn it, it almost does. And there are some individually great scenes in it that I think stand very well. And some parts that aren't as good. Anyway. One ironic thing about this movie, and then we'll dive in, because of the movie's horniness and uh, the <clears throat> first 20 minutes having uh, our, our lead uh, take her top off a couple of times, uh, this movie was rated by the Australian Film Board as not suitable for children, mm. which means that they could not really advertise it on television, nor could they like... <laughs> <laughs> nor could they promote it on any of the uh, movie promotion shows. And I think the biggest issue with this movie is that this would be a great kids movie if everybody wasn't so goddamn horny. <laughs> oh, you mean like I want to hold your hand? No, like starstruck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get let's dig in. We start with an adorable little opening credit sequence with uh, hand-drawn lettering and the background of like what looks like a collage on a on a on somebody's a kid's wall or a young person's wall of celebrities and Elvises and things of that nature. And we hear a uh, and we hear an instrumental version of uh, what will be the title song that we'll hear at the end, "Starstruck," so lovingly sung to us by our own. Coriander Dickinson, not more than 52 <laughs> seconds ago. It's a good, it's a, ladies and gentlemen, the Charlie Brown teacher chorus presents. Every time I try to remember that song, I just get Lady Gaga starstruck in my head and it's impossible. Oh, yo, I watched House of Gucci the other night and oh, I'm no. just going to say that she's, she really, she's doing the most. God bless her. God bless Gaga. <laughs> From the drawing on the walls, we noticed that this movie is set in Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. Yes. 
I did not notice that. But you get there when they say, we're in Sydney, and they point to the opera house uh, a million times. <laughs> okay, fun. Uh, here's, here's a fun story. Is they talk about the opera house constantly. <laughs> and like about half an hour into the movie, I asked, I asked is, this a, is this set in Sydney? And she's like, she's like, yeah, it's like this beach is in Sydney. I'm like, okay. And then eventually in the movie, you see the opera house. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, that's the opera house they mean. <laughs> I'm like, what is wrong with me? They're not talking about the famous Perth Opera House or the Brisbane Opera House? That you that's the same fucking joke Jen made. <laughs> and I didn't like it then and I don't like it now. <laughs> we immediately meet 14-year-old Angus, who is talking on the phone to his 18-year-old cousin Jackie. Angus tells Jackie that he's got a singing gig for her tonight, and she demands that very obviously they have to get new hairdos. Because it's at the Lizard Lounge. You got to get your look tight. You got to get your hair did for the Lizard Lounge. So we immediately cut to the the styling place. Jackie walks out and she's got uh, what I can only call like a new wave pebbles Flintstone going. Yes. There is a bone in her hair. There's a bone in her hair. Literally a bone in her hair. I'm just going to say it now, but it covers the entire film. Whatever Jackie is doing with her outfit, whatever she's doing with her hair at any point in this film, I'm into it. Perfect blanket covering that. <laughs> she is fucking flawless. Top to bottom. She is I, top to bottom of the movie. I'm not saying gross things about her. Um, <laughs> every one of her, every one of her looks is goddamn on point. Angus, on the other hand, is wearing a school uniform with little shorts, <laughs> little boy shorts, and socks really up to his knees. Shorts. And then he's got the pointiest <laughs> pair of shoes. I think those might be what the kids call winkle pickers. This is this actor's first role and one fourth of the entertainment presentations that he was part of uh, in his entire life. It's a very short IMDb. Hmm. He gives what I would call a okay Corey Feldman style performance. He is it. It's except Corey Feldman had a little more poise than this kid does, but he's very kind of like rough and ready. His voice is a little grating. It takes a little getting used to, and his character is a lot. His character is a lot. I would describe the actor as acting his ass off. Yeah. He's giving it. How's he's giving this it all he can. I'll say this. Ain't no half stepping in this movie. Nope. Everybody nope. is fucking throwing themselves in and I appreciate it. So uh, Jackie has got, uh, Jackie's got her uh, Pebble Flintstone up to and Angus uh, seemingly against his will has been given bright blue green day hair, which I think looks great. It looks good. He's super unhappy with it and he's like hiding behind his school books and stuff. I think he looks rad. And if he's wearing those pointy shoes, Obviously, this kid's stylish. You'd think he would be, he'd be cool with the hair, but he is not. They're walking and talking about the dreams of success that they have about getting fancy cars. Jackie uh, establishes that she wants to be part of a band because what else is she going to do without a band? Because she really wants to be a singer. She feels like she can't get any attention until she's got a band. Angus is too busy being a horn dog about some mannequins. He's just like, I'd mm-hmm. like to shag those mannequins. And she's basically like, shut the fuck up. You don't know what you're talking about. It's, that's generally how people talk to mm-hmm. Angus throughout the entire film. And rightly so. And rightly so. Because uh, he's a little weirdo. 
But Angus also gives the wisdom of the ages, and he's basically like, you got, you know, if you hope for a Volkswagen, you get a Volkswagen, but if you hope for a Jag, you'll get a Jag. She's like, screw the Jag, get me that kangaroo suit. (laughs) And we see in the window of a shop a horrifying Terry Gilliam-designed-looking evil bright red kangaroo. Goddamn, it looks like something that Michael Palin would have worn to do torturing in Brazil. Like, it's just like, it's so evil. But of course, Jackie's like, perfect. I, I must have this. it. I must. And I will pay for it with somehow, even because right? it seems like none of us have any money. Perhaps they rented it. I hope not, because they are not getting the rental fee back. I have a lot of questions about this shop. It appears to be like a sex costume <laughs> shop. There's like underwear and stuff. And the kangaroo costume comes with a leash. Hey, baby, would you like to go down under? <laughs> Anyways, we're at the club. Sorry. <laughs> Everyone is doing a, a choreographed dance, much like in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yes, exactly like that. It's wild. And I wish that, I, because when Jackie gets on stage later, they don't do bust choreographed moves. And if I were Jackie, I would feel like, I don't get choreographed moves, everybody. Uh, but it's... Uh, uh, in her... No. She does get those two guys who know how who know to drag her along the stage and then lick her. Yep. And then when she leaves, they keep licking the air like my dog used to. <laughs> just, which which made me feel good. It was like, oh, they're not licking her. These guys just generally lick. <laughs> they're just going to be licking there. They're just like, but there's a, there's a band playing. I believe those are the mainliners, which are like the real band in this universe. And they are the ones that get bumped mm. by our by the good guys at the very end of the movie. And it's the kind of thing where Jackie and Angus walk in, they see that every, there's a lot of this where Jackie will walk into a scene, see that everybody is dancing, shrug, and then be like, oh fuck, I guess it's time for the musical number. And then starts jumping in and dancing along. So everybody's dancing and having a good time. And Angus is wearing the kangaroo outfit at this point and was while on the back of Jackie's scooter, which is also adorable. There's a lot of adorable things in this movie, and a giant kangaroo riding around on a scooter is one of them. How big do you think a kangaroo is, Josh? It's they're they're man sized, about the size of a fourteen year old. About the size of a fourteen year old. You know what? <laughs> I would say that it is. It is probably kangaroo sized, but it looks like a kangaroo that's been stung by several bees. It oh, is. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm is not a, saying... it is not a swole. It is. It's been working out. It's been hitting the. It's got a pouch full of creatine, and it's ready to <laughs> fuck with whoever. <laughs> so everybody dances around uh, to the real band, and then at the end of the song, everybody flops on each other and makes sounds. It's and it's true. Really weird. It's a it weird really way weird. to. It's kind of like the way the time warp ends. Only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And then I, it, that band is done, I guess. So mm-hmm. it's time for other people, such as a lady doing a flamenco that the crowd boos off. Boo! This is this is obviously cultural appropriation, Mike. Get off the stage. Here's the thing about this mu- the songs in this movie. About 80% of the time, I could not make out the lyrics to any of them. Which doesn't help them be memorable. <laughs> This is a problem that a lot of quote unquote rock musicals will have, which is how musical theater should the songs be versus how rock and roll should the songs be? I think this movie firmly pushes the needle towards rock and roll. 
These are either rock singers or wholly untrained singers. Or both. And because the music doesn't move the story along, really, it's mostly just there for color and shading. Mm-hmm. And I guess my review of the music from the movie, there are some songs that I like than others. Now that I've watched it three times, there are a couple that are stuck in my head. But I will say that for the most part, and a lot of lyrics go over my head because I hear things weird, uh, but like the vibe of the music matches the vibe of the movie. Yes. And I think going to one of Corey's initial statements with the idea that like, I didn't know what was going on, but I mostly enjoyed it. I think that scales to the music as well, which is like, I don't know what they're singing about, but everybody's real energetic and having an awesome time. So like, it's not like it's out of the vibe. It's more of a movie about vibe than it is things making sense. Quite. You're sure you're not thinking of the movie Vibes starring Cindy Lauper and uh, that sexy yep. guy everybody likes. Jeff Goldblum. And That's no, the one. I'm not, I'm not talking about that, but I do have a hole in my heart that goes all the way to China. <laughs> that was the big song from Vibes. Oh, okay. Big quote unquote. <laughs> um, it's, no go- it's no Goonies are good enough. Well, next up is Jackie's big song. Yes. <laughs> Jackie comes out in the kangaroo outfit and then pulls a Marlene Dietrich in Blonde Venus or Uma Thurman in Batman and Robin, depending on what your taste in movies are. I hate that you stole my Blonde Venus reference. It's Blonde Venus, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's Marlene Dietrich uh, sexily taking off a a gorilla costume. What about someone unsexily taking off a kangaroo costume while looking like Bam Bam? It's not that unsexy. And a toddler has her shoes. Angus puts her (laughs) shoes on her feet. With who's behind the camera, it's not particularly male gazy, and it's more awkward. She sort of bumbles her way out of the outfit, and then she's wearing mm. a Pebbles Flintstone Cindy Lauper getup. And it's cute. And she does this song, Temper Temper, which I would say is the movie's absolute gold-plated bop. That's the that's the good mm. song from this picture, I mm. think. It's definitely one of the three good songs. The band is into it. it. The crowd is into it. The crowd mm. yells for an encore once she finishes, but she uh, kind of sneaks off with the guitar player from the backup band. Yes, <laughs> sure does. Uh, Immediately after her, her sing song is done. Yes, we're done. Let's go smash. I believe shag may be the correct term. Smag. Uh, so now we're no. backstage and no, shmag. No, shmag. <laughs> no, uh, stop. Stop trying to make shmag happen, Josh. Not Schmeg, that's different. (laughs) So look, we're in the green room and most of the band who are the swingers uh, are backstage uh, cooling down after their gig. Angus comes up to him and is like, hey, sweetie baby cookie honey, I'm the man with the plan. I got the songs. I got the thing. I got the jazz. I'm a manager, but I'm also a songwriter. And quite rightfully, everybody in the band is like, why are you talking to us? You're a child. <laughs> what are you even doing here? Oh, what? You write lyrics and you need someone to play music for you? Yeah, get in line. Yeah, yeah the There's spinners. a line? Oh, I should have gotten in the line. <laughs> uh, and then a lady comes in and is like, hey, has anyone seen Robbie? And everybody's like, nope. And now we're back at Angus and Jackie's house, which is also a pub and is in- mm-hmm. inhabited by what seems to be 
40 to 1,000 different family members, some of whom might be direct relatives of Jackie and Angus, but it's inconclusive. There's just sort of a clear. There's just sort of a general walla of people in like house coats and t-shirts and uh, you know and sort of sweatpants. Somebody's a grandmother. There's, somebody's an aunt. There might be a mom in there. There's a cat lady for sure. We just don't know. We don't know who any of these family. people are. It's a. It is. It's constantly growing and shrinking to what the scene needs. But they all. <laughs> one thing. One thing about this film, especially, especially the first, the the first like half or so, um, is one of the things that that makes it so chaotic, is that. Almost any given scene has a, has a minimum of ten to fifteen people in it. True. No matter what, no matter whether it's supposed to be an intimate conversation or what. I did not grow up in a big family, but uh, my mom's partner grew up in a huge Irish Catholic family. Uh, she is the she's the oldest of eleven. Oh my gosh! And I had friends with big families as well, and there is that sense. I don't know if you two have ever been to somebody's house where there's a lot of a lot of there is that sense that especially like around holidays and stuff too there is that sense that it's just like even the people who live in the house aren't sure how they're related to everybody there and there's always a thousand like I when I stay with my family for Christmas there's only six of us in the house like six or seven and you can't take a poop without eight people <laughs> standing by the door going like hey how's it going in there <laughs> so then I felt. I felt that to be like, it doesn't necessarily make for clear movie viewing, but the movie, the one, the thing I will always say about the movie is the movie remains true to its own logic. There is no point where anything feels out of bounds or weird for this movie. And one of those things is there's 6,000 people in every goddamn scene. Yeah. So what's next? Nana is up on the balcony scrubbing Angus's hair to get the blue right. out because he's got to go to school and you can't be going to school looking like you've got blue hair. Uh, she Is she scrubbing it out or is she re-dyeing it? I think it might be the latter because they leave a bag on his head for like the rest of the scene. Oh, that's true. I was wondering how that, that worked. That would make sense. And Angus is like, I can't go to school looking like this. I can't go to school ever. A good deal of the movie is Angus just not going, wanting to go to school, which by the way, <laughs> Fair. <laughs> relatable. It's, it's fair and relatable. It seems like for a young, shout-talking kid like that with the pointy-ish <laughs> shoes and all of Sydney, uh, school's going to be a little tough on him. And in fact, it seems like there are gangs of mean kids who just hang out by the door of the pub, ready to stick their head in at a moment's notice and go, Angus, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> See, now this feels like my childhood. <laughs> Down below, Nana is a woman who's feeding five cats, which she <laughs> proceeds to just pick up in one arm. I'm, living cats. I wish I had an armful of cats. Ugh. Is that a Nana, or is the person scrubbing the blue The hair scrubbing of... lady is Nana. Right, who's grabbing all the cats? No idea. I've watched the movie twice, and she may or may not have a name. Aunt. She's an aunt. I just call I just call her cat lady because she's always holding a cat. She got lots of cats. She has lots of cats, but you only actually see one cat the rest of the time. There's also a nondescript man who's asleep on a couch while watching terrible Australian cats. That's Reg. Oh. He owns the cockatoo Wally. Uh, that's why he, you know who he is. Do we think he's related to 
is he who is he he appears to be the co-manager of the pub with the mother okay but he's not a familial relation i don't i could not say beyond <laughs> that he may well be he it's may rich. be a cousin or something but from what i can tell his job is to have a cockatiel and sometimes be partially in charge of the pub <laughs> Uh, the woman fantastic. who owns the pub is named Pearl. She's Angus's aunt, so you'll hear Aunt Pearl. And she is uh, she's Jackie's mom. Yes, but she is not in a relationship with Reg. Correct. And Cat Lady probably also isn't in a relationship with Reg. Nobody's in a I feel relationship. Like, okay, I feel like the Cat Lady came in with her, like, like, scooped her cats through the window to somebody, and I got the impression maybe that was her husband, and I don't think it was Reg. Fam. It's a lot of it's a lot of people. There are there are there are less people than there are named and we didn't start the fire. So there are more people. The joke doesn't the Weasleys work. have a smaller extended family. <laughs> there it is. Uh and then we go to a roof somewhere in Sydney, Australia. And through a through a gauzy bit of mosquito netting, we're on a our, our old roof bed. It's on a pier. It's just out in public. We were not sure what was happening. It really looked like he put a mattress on the beach. <laughs> hey, baby, I'm going to show you a good time. They're just two naked youths canoodling just out in the world, and you can do that, apparently. Jackie and Robbie had a night of kissing and whatever, and she wants to hit him up for information about the music industry, and he's like, I mean, sure, we could talk about that, but what about more sexing? And then she's like, you know, Angus says, which is like, I don't know, are we going to talk about Angus right now? Okay. My cousin Angus is reading a sex book. <laughs> a book about sex and psychology. And the book says that the guitar is a phallic symbol. And so musicians are just masturbating for everybody. And if we are, in fact, just in the middle of goddamn public with a mosquito net and a mattress, then, you know, obviously I can't imagine she would have a problem with that. But he is like... Hey, um, it's weird that we're just trying to do adult things and you're talking about Angus. What is he, your Siamese twin or something? And she's like, no, he's my cousin. Mystery solved. And his parents are gone, so he's living with us because his yeah. dad has gone fruit picking and mom joined a convent. Right. This is all said very quickly. <laughs> and not incomprehensibly. <laughs> but it also gives us an idea of why Angus kind of acts out the way that he does because mm. Nobody seems to be in charge of him, and he appears to be a free-range boy. <laughs> and she's late for work, uh, so she splits. She steals the blankets and leaves Robbie naked out in public. Well, she needs the blankets, because otherwise she'd be naked out in public. This is a movie that could have no nudity in it. I just want to throw that out here. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> It's fair. Okay, so at the beginning of the episode, when you said you had an issue with the horniness level of the movie, it's that you think it's too high, not too low. I think, look, it's a movie about teenagers and teenagers are horny, and I think that's fine. I think what happened, I have nothing to base this on, but here's what I think happened. I think what happened is a producer or somebody said, we'll let you make this movie. Uh, and the only reason why I'm saying this is because this is uh, another great movie from the 1980s. Uh, the Nicolas Cage opus Valley Girl um, also has nudity for absolutely no reason in it. And the reason why it's in that is mm. because the director was told by the producers, uh, we need six breasts in this movie. I think nudity is because it's a, a quote unquote comedy. Hmm. 
And so all of the nudity is like fun little slip ups and hijinks. Hmm. There's a lot of non-consensual touching. That's true. There certainly is. Yeah, which I have more of a problem with than the nudity. Like, yeah, whatever. Mm. We see a butt and uh, one tit. And yeah. <laughs> uh, other than that, there's just like some weirdos out there licking people. And like Angus is the only one we get like an explicit age on. As far as I know, he's 14. Mm. Oh, Jackie. Jackie's 18. Like we, she's, she's, she's out of school. She actually says in the movie that she's 18. OK. OK. Uh, and the actor was 20 when she did it. I mean, I will say, and this is a larger conversation that we're not going to have on this podcast, but I will say that I honestly don't think an 11-year-old is going to be harmed by seeing a couple of boobs. Oh, I don't think so either. I'm just not going to recommend it to like anybody in my family. That, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. My mom had like an open-door policy on <laughs> film nudity when she was showing stuff to us, so I, I may have a skewed perspective on what people think is normal. Oh, absolutely. And there's nothing abnormal about it. It's just sort of like, it's it's one of the things that, and yes, the, the a lot of non-consensual touching is also a discussion. And it's all wrapped up in a kind of a bigger thing, which is like, did this movie need this stuff? And it's like, sure. eh, it didn't. And that's why I say that, and I agree with Corey, but you know, Australian comedies, Australian did a lot of comedies where boobs were just a flying, not unlike uh, the English sex comedies of the 1970s, but like, it's just sort of like, it's just sort of like neither here nor there. It's neither additive nor subtract. It, it's just sort it's of- It's not narrative thing. nudity. It's not narrative nudity. You don't necessarily need it. Will it scar a child for life? It won't. Does it make me go eh, before I like would wholeheartedly recommend this movie for a kid? Yes. That's it. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> Anyways, we go back to the pub. Jackie shows up and her nanny yells at her for staying out and living a trollop's life. And then <laughs> Angus, who is sitting on the balcony reading said psychological sex book, says, Nana, you have penis envy. And everybody goes, <laughs> shut up, Angus. And two weird guys just walk up to Nana and start like poking at her and flirting. Right. That's And that's the point where I was like, this movie is really horny because there's just like random horniness out of nowhere. Yeah. Not that not that Nana isn't a fine looking woman. She looks like Jim Broadbent. She looks like a woman named Nana. <laughs> yes. She she looks like you could just like insert her into any like large family scene in my big fat Greek wedding and nobody would notice. Absolutely. And then uh, Jackie's cleaning up for her shift at work. Angus uh, catches a peek of her talling off. And uh, these two probably shouldn't be sharing a room. They're both too horny to be in the same room together. Not for each other in that way. But you know well, what? Well, I mean. well, okay, I think not, I think the. Yes. <laughs> only in one direction. Yes. I think the movie wants us to absolutely think that Angus has a crush on his older cousin. And this is information that the movie gives us. And then basically, here's the other weird thing about the movie's said horniness is that after the first 20 minutes, it goes down to like nothing. <laughs> like there's little bits and bobs here and there. And there's still like, like here's a little peck on the cheek person. I just met things like that. Uh, but all of like the boobiness and horniness mm -hmm. and randiness, we get that like that's first real. And then it's like, everybody looked at each other and went, no, no, are we done? Can we just make a teen sex comedy? No, can we okay, just, let's stop. no, we're not. Can we just do the movie now? Okay, fine. <laughs> 
let's stop immediately. <laughs> so Angus is pissy and rumpy that uh, she stayed out all night with Robbie. Uh, and she's well, like, she was his ride home and she abandoned him. So I actually do not blame him for being pissy because that was rude. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a really good point. Yeah. I I thought it was more jealousy. I think it's both, but it's also both. she did just like she did like go like take him out to an like an out club at the age of fourteen <laughs> that he booked for her. Yeah, and, and then and not even tell him that she was leaving without him. Yes, which is a shitty thing to do. Builds honestly. character, Angus. Chin up. <laughs> so he jams on his little typewriter angrily, yeah. and she comes out and apologizes him. Says she snagged the kangaroo head angus oh, i'm so sorry and she does like <laughs> cute flirty talk to him which is like girl that's not helping you, you, don't do that <laughs> no, kid, no wonder there's this, problems this poor kid and she licks his typewriter which is like weird not a thing i would do or recommend a person does i missed that she like kisses the typewriter it's yeah. a weird thing mm. and then she's like, she's like i'll do anything for you and then he starts jamming on the typewriter more and then she's like, "No, anything but that." And uh, if you can, if you if you look a little closely, you can see that he's typing out lyrics for a new song. Smash cut two. She is now in a bathing suit with like a head wrap and sunglasses, and she is doing surfboard dance moves on an ironing board, which is not up for the job. And it makes a lot of cluck clunk sounds. And she's a whisper of a thing, but like this is not. This is not a device that is made to hold a person. And she's like jumping around and she's singing the song that's like, here's a new way to do the Quasimoto. Here's a new way to do the Yafet Kodo. I don't know what the words are. She says Quasimoto. And it's like some beach blanket dancing party song. And she's like, hey, Angus, this is fucking a terrible song. And he's like, it's not just a song. It's a song and a dance. We got to teach everybody the big dance. And thank God this never comes up. Make your mouth do fish movements. (laughs) Weird. And then Aunt Pearl shows up Mm -hmm. and she's like, wow, you're supposed to be at work, daughter. (laughs) And you, small boy that lives in my house, you're supposed to be at school. (laughs) <laughs> and then she's like, well, I've done my parenting for the day. Ta, everybody do the things I told you. By the way, I'm going on vacation. Angus complains a little more about uh, how his sister, or not his sister, his cousin hooked up with Robbie. And he says what I think is actually a really, like, a real prescient, like, who the guy who wrote this and, uh, and, uh, and the director and everybody, they have an idea of how kids talk. And Angus has this great little line, which is something like, the second people hook up, they start walking around with a funny little smile on their face and they've, it's all secrets and they act like they've invented the atom. And I was like, this is exactly how, if I was friends with older kids who paired off, this is exactly kind of how I felt. The, the idea that like, this is a door that has been shut in my face. They're speaking a language that I don't that I don't understand, and I'm mad about it. And you get the sense that it's not as much that Angus wants to hook up or do any of that, although certainly it's not off the table, but it's more just like he doesn't like the idea of being shut out of his cousin's life. And it's, sure. it's little moments like that. This could be a very unlikable character, and I like Angus a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jackie reveals that she kind of feels that Robbie is threatened by her. I think he wants to be like the lead singer for his band, and so there's not really room in the band for a singer that could be successful. Like he doesn't really push for her or support her. Is how she's feeling. 
in the less than 24 hours that the two of them have known each other. Right. Or they've known each other longer? Question mark? Who knows? Who fucking knows? I mean, the, the band didn't know how to play her song. Although that could just be a cover because that's an actual, I think that's an actual hmm. song that Split Ends did. Who knows? Oh, wow. Um, but anyways, uh, oh yeah, it's so the mom starting in and out, and she's just basically like, everybody go to school. By the way, all of your dreams are rubbish. Nothing good will ever happen because nothing good's ever happened. Keep an eye on Inanna because she gives too much change. And there's like this fun little comedy bit where they have a regular at the bar who I think is named Hazard. Mom is pouring a beer and there's too much head. And so he complains about it. And so she pours another one that's actually got more foam in it. And talks about how the distributor must be spitting in his beer, which is why it's so flat uh, all the time, which is just like a cute thing. And in the back, Reg has his cockatoo, who he gives like a little snack thing to, and then rips it out of the cockatoo's beak and throws it on the ground. Just all of this is happening while the news is being delivered that Aunt Pearl is going on a doctor-appointed vacation. Yes, and there's a giant suitcase she's leaving in like 10 seconds. Here's what this reminds me of. Is that episode of Futurama where Zoidberg's uh, hooks up with his like great grandfather or uncle or whatever to make a movie, and his uncle's like this old school like black and white hollow guy, and so he's like, "This is a talkie, everybody, so make sure you're running around and doing stuff in the background of every scene." That's what this feels like. <laughs> it is. I mean, I think Corey said at the beginning, chaotic, and it is. It is a chaotic goddamn movie. It also, uh, I realized because it's been two and a half years since I have set foot in a bar, even this, <laughs> even the shitty pub, which serves flat beer and nondescript stew, I was like, mm. man, this place looks great. Boy, I would love, I'd love to eat some nondescript stew and flat beer with a bunch of people who I'm sure would also punch me in the face the second I opened my mouth. This is a, it's a weird bar because it's like a diner and it's a bar, it's a pub. It's the most brightly lit establishment I have ever seen in my life. There's an upright piano and sing songs every night. Mm. And you can just stand out on the street talking with your chums, drinking a beer. Oh, I miss it. I miss it so much. <laughs> Damn it. Anyways. Yeah. Pearl's like, your dreams are garbage and stupid and you're dreaming. And they do like a little synchronized thing explaining that they've got star quality. Okay. I love it when Jackie and Angus like suddenly talk in sync out of nowhere. I think it's great. I can never tell if they're doing like a reference because it's all <laughs> delivered like no. it's a reference to like a famous care. line. I I feel like it's not a reference. I feel like it's a thing that they do in the hopes that it will someday be a reference. It's aspirational, it's, but I love it. I believe Angus was cast in the picture specifically because of his chemistry with uh, Jackie. And it is, mm. you would never know that these two haven't been in each other's back pockets for all of their lives. They are, they are great. The tiniest bit annoying, but like, again... <laughs> That's kids. Kids are great mm -hmm. and the tiniest bit annoying. And then uh, she, Jackie, uses her mom voice to call the school and be like, hello, uh, Angus is in the mental hospital for the rest of the week. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, like, they're like, that works. We buy you. We, we buy this completely, Jackie. Great. Angus pours a perfectly <laughs> delivered beer for their customer and then goes in the back to talk to Jackie about being out of school for a week. Thank you for telling them my mental <laughs> uh, I believe I believe the correct term is Mintu. Or a maniac. 
They said you're a maniac. Then Aunt Pearl uh, hops into a cab and it's just like, goodbye forever, possibly. I was very, okay. I was confused because I thought she went with a guy or would I just, did I just misunderstand? She left alone and came back with a guy. Yeah, no, I know she came back with a guy, but for some reason I'd gotten the impression that she'd left with a guy who I thought was her husband. And I guess I just, there was just a lot going on and I, I got confused. No, because there were, as, as always, 400 people in the background waving their arms and just shouting. Also, Angus was on the top of a street sign. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I was still like, I was still like, being okay, okay, so I was right. She is going on vacation. I'm not, I think. I was still sorting that out. Yeah. Angus climbs down and she's like, you go to school. And so he starts walking until the cab is out of line of sight. And then he climbs the building to get back into Jackie's room. And then it's maybe a day later or a week later or 10 years later or 10 minutes later. But uh, Angus blowing off school pops into the pub where Jackie has now set up a metal cable type rope because in the scene previously, I there, which was sitting on the table, coiled up, or uh, sitting on the bar this, in this previous scene, and she was reading a book like "How to Walk a Tightrope for Dummies." And now she has set it up in the pub, which everybody is completely cool with, and she is walking the tightrope. And the only notice uh, that anyone makes is that the gross guy is just like, "Oi, I'm looking up your skirt," and Nana basically hits him with a rolled-up newspaper and says, <laughs> "Stop it." Yeah, she's got good long legs. They go all the way up to her bum. And she's not on the menu. Stop it. Rolled up newspaper for you. Eat your Vegemite burger. I don't know. (laughs) Tie your kangaroo down, sport. Have some generic stew and be quiet. If we hear on the TV the intro for the the wow show. Which is like uh, their American bandstand top of the pops type thing. And it's hosted by a guy who is not Paul Hogan, but kind of looks like Paul Hogan. I thought he looked kind of like Brian Brown. Do you know a uh, Australian <laughs> actor from the 1980s? He looks like that. I know two of them. Yes. <laughs> He's blonde and his name is Terry. He's got an offer for... to the band with the biggest hit. There's going to be like a tryout on the WOW show. And then there's going to be a big talent show uh, for the finalists at the Sydney Opera House on New Year's Eve. Jackie looks at this guy, the host, Terry, like she is on a deserted island. (laughs) She stares at him and his head turns into a giant hamburger. Like she is horny for this old guy. She is mm. and calls him a strumpet, which I found very liberating. I thought that was great. Like, oh, you strumpet, come here. Just like, you're a weird kid, Jackie. I like you. Yeah. Meanwhile, Angus is reading the newspaper. Uh, and my assumption, we don't see the picture, but my assumption is, is that the Australian papers at the time had a page three girl like English papers did, which is to say Mm -hmm. on page three, there's just a lady with her kid off smiling for all the people who just wanted to know what the weather was. Um, And, uh, and and he's like, you know, when people want to get attention, they definitely get more attention if they're nude. And she's (laughs) like, Angus, no, shut up. What are you talking about? Stop it. So he goes upstairs to use the telephone to, First call the wow show to talk to their producer and then try to get the newspapers to come because he's got this hot new singer. She can do anything. She can balance. Gotta have a gimmick. (laughs) Not like all the singers that fall over constantly. 
the person who's the receptionist at the Wow Show actually looked very familiar, and I didn't bother to look her up. Uh, but she's she's for the ten seconds that she has lines, she's like very quirky and and funny, and she has this bullshit like I smell bullshit constantly face, and she's like Terry's not here. You want to be a singer? Hmm, we'll call you back. Click. <laughs> and then he calls like the newspaper and is like, "Hey, get this." Somebody's going to walk a tightrope and they're going to be naked Thursday. <laughs> the guy's basically like, naked? Naked? His glasses. Let me call everybody. Meanwhile, out in the hallway, Nana's exiting the bathroom and Reg is like, oh, she's like, I hear voices. And Reg is like, what? Because you're psychic? By the way, canonically, Nana believes to be psychic. <laughs> and he's like, oh, are those the spirit voices you always hear? And she's like, no, that's different. My psychic capacity is a different matter. <laughs> I love everything she ever says. And then they overhear Angus being whiny on the phone and are like, wait a minute. They try to barge into the room, but he's got bricks stacked up against the door. <laughs> he's so prepared for this eventuality. And he goes out the window. He does. He's just like, well, bye. Well, he gets Terry on the phone because he's like, I'm Terry's mother and I'm very sick. Let me talk to him. And then he's like, why, my cousin Jackie, I gotta tell you about him. Jackie, she's great. Keep an eye on the news on Thursday. And then he jumps out the window because he's gonna get strangled. Like, like, like Taika Waititi and Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> So there's the plan, Jackie. The plan is you're going to be nude and tightrope walking. It's going to be great. And she's like, absolutely not. I won't do it. I won't do it. Doodly doodly do. Jackie is now standing on a tightrope, which is in fucking space. Like it might it is 60 million miles up. And she's like walking by. She's waving to people on the mirror. She's so fucking high up in the air. And boy, oh boy, they did that stunt. They didn't make that kid do it, but they sure made somebody do it. She's got tights. She's got a little skirt. She's got a little really cap on her thing. head. Yeah, and, and little that's... flashy scale shoulder things. Mm -hmm. And she's got one of those normal poles outfit. for balancing on. Yeah. Is that all? Is that all she's wearing? <laughs> it depends on what you mean by is that all she's wearing. She's got boobs on. <laughs> she is wearing comedy foam breasts. A fake boob shirt, which I have to assume, with the amount of drinking and partying that happens in Australia, that's a pretty easy thing to get your hands on. It's just like a novelty. It's it's very realistic. Maybe they got it at the kangaroo shop. Right? Yeah. Maybe that's where they do all their shopping. Perhaps. I have a counter suggestion. Angus may have made it himself. Perhaps. Hmm. I don't have any evidence to back that up. It's just a feeling I have. It's a very, I mean, it's a very well-made boob shirt if you must own such a thing. It's in about half an hour of this movie. It's true. <laughs> so. so they're bickering. Yeah. Angus is justifying why they're out here. Uh, Jackie walks all the way across, and then Angus lights some firecrackers and starts pelting people <laughs> below with them. Well, it's because <laughs> nobody's looking. Yeah, but no, because the, all these news this new, news people have shown up and they're just standing around like, well, I heard there was a tightrope back around here somewhere, but God forbid I look up. Yep. <laughs> so they need to have their attention drawn. 
Absolutely not going to happen. And obviously, this was in Australia before the word before the word "oi" was invented, uh, <laughs> because because Angus could have just gone "oi." She's up here. She's nude. Uh, but instead, that would be too he, normal for An Angus at any rate. He throws cartoon firecrackers, and he's by the way, he's not trying to miss people. There's a nice young woman who's just reading a newspaper, and he fucking nails her in the head with a goddamn lit firecracker, and she about whizzes her pants. <laughs> <laughs> well the reporters are eating up the nudity yeah this is great she's nude everybody get your cameras we'll stay with the story all night if we have to the bickering the bickering meanwhile that is going on between because she is halfway on this tightrope and her and Angus are bickering like in, they're in the back of mom's car and they're just saying all of the terrible things that they have done to each other over the years. It's like, you did this to me. You said you were a witch and then you made me eat dog shit. And she's like, it was liver worst. And in my head, I was like, what's worse? <laughs> because I, his liver worst is terrible. Texture is bad. It's the worst. It's literally the worst. Um, but they're through it all, no matter what they're doing, the two of them are arguing like they're both waiting for the principal. And they're just, and it's like, their relationship is lovely. Uh, Angus is a sociopath, by the way. The 100%. Yeah, he is terrifying. Absolutely, without no regard for other human beings, emotions, or, or safety. The crowd gets the attention of the drivers nearby and a man watching this topless lady tightrope walk uh, drives into the back of another vehicle and it distracts Jackie. She looks down, which is the thing you're not supposed to do because it messes with your balance and she slips and is hanging from the tightrope. And now it's a whole thing and everybody starts yelling jump because people are terrible. <laughs> well, they do that after the firefighters show up with the safety net. <laughs> The firefighters show up with the big Target logo and they're just like, hey, jump on this. And my favorite part of this is that she is struggling to hang on for dear life, definitely does not want to let go. And at the same time is being casually interviewed by a reporter. And he's yeah. like, are you going to let go? And she's like, first things first. <laughs> Let's finish this interview. I am a professional. I, well, I think she says that right after she says something along the lines of, I can't hold on any longer. And then she's like, no. Yeah. I have work to do so, here. So, lady, tell us what, what the whole thing is. She's like, well, I just wanted to get my big break. And they're like, oh, you want to be an acrobat? She's like, no, a singer. And they're like, what does the tightrope have to do with anything? Great question. I had a bad childhood. Bye. <laughs> Angus, you better be at the bottom when my body goes splat. Oh God, right? <laughs> so she falls, uh, and she is she lands safely. Everybody screams. She's the hero of the day, and then immediately the cops like all but throw a butterfly net over her and Angus and take them to jail. Angus had Terry on the phone again, and the man's like, "Why are you persecuting me, small child?" And he yells, "It's just like check the news, read the newspapers." You know that new sound you've been looking for? It's <laughs> screaming. <laughs> it's falling to your death. <laughs> it's, it's, but it's kind of like it's kind of good because he's got this whole crowd like really losing their shit over Jackie that Terry can presumably hear. So it's not like a bad advertisement for her. It's true. This is a good. This was the best possible. If they were plan. chanting Jackie, 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 it would have helped a bit. But still, back at the pub and. 
the afternoon papers are delivered with the big story <laughs> death drop the big story of the day a naked weird lady almost falls to her death and it's basically like this newspapers must have come out 42 seconds <laughs> after they established that jackie was not dead she's like is she fine all right don't stop the presses roll the presses i'll, I'll write it as they're going yes yep so the papers are delivered to the pub and everybody's like, oh, shit, Jackie, what have you done now, girl? They turn on the TV and Jackie's like, oh, no, I had a bad childhood. And Nana calls her a cow. We bought you all the toys you ever wanted. How dare you? She does. She does sleep in like a kiddie pool full of sand. Also true. The news has even hit the radio, which the band is listening to as they drive their weird van somewhere and they decide to turn back we gotta go to the pub and see jackie and tell her great job not dying i think more specifically we gotta go to the pub because now i know where jackie lives and maybe i can get some more of that jackie action yes a jackie oh if you will jack action <laughs> oh jack action jackson starring <laughs> carl weathers as jackie <laughs> anyway so our heroes are at the police station by the way this is probably one of the only scenes where there aren't 60 people screaming in the background. <laughs> it's just Jackie and Angus looking like they're waiting for the principal and uh, a cop who's like trying to make adorable like, hello, small children. Do you like the Beatles? And Jackie's just like, they broke up when he was two. And I was like, I love this movie. Yeah. This movie doesn't care for grownups or anything that grownups have to do or say. That's nice. This police station is the most boring place on the planet. Angus has his little clackers, so he's occupied. Oh, the right. cop is shooting paper clips with an elastic band. <laughs> and then it's like, hey, Prince Charming is here to bail you out, which I'm assuming is is Robbie. Maybe Robbie found right? some money in the in the, the van cushions. That's literally what everybody thinks. It is Terry, host of Wow. <clears throat> He's kind of like, oh, you two are real stupid. Now, how did you do that? Anyways, well, all in good fun, hop into my convertible. And they're like, yeah, sure. That sounds great. I don't even know if he even asked them to hop into the convertible. I think Angus just gets on in. Yeah, he gives out some autographs to the police. He calls Angus a toddler. And he agrees to do a little bit of a show for them. And then they get into the back of his convertible and notice a TV in the back. And he gives Jackie a flask. And the first time I watched this movie, which was last year, uh, Kayla and I looked at each other and went, Terry's the bad guy. He's gross. He's going to do something. He's going to do something gross to her. And it's going to be. And it, we just sort of steeled ourselves. for like, mm -hmm. well, there's your creepy old guy. That's going to be too bad when that happens. But, uh, you know, I guess I guess that's what's up. Uh, but none of that. For, that was just sort of like a feeling I had. Yeah. This is, this, this is the gross guy. It's just like he's a greedy capitalist promoter douche. Yeah, he's just irresponsible. When he handed her the flask, I was like, mm, probably not great. <laughs> and then he gets in the back seat with them, too. Like, he crawls back yeah. while they're watching the TV broadcast and just starts, like, cuddling oh, with Because there's Jackie, a TV in his car. Which I don't think we ever see. Oh, yeah. No. He, is, he has no boundaries, and he's very huggy-kissy with these kids. And again, it's just like, I don't know about Terry. Oh, well, Jackie knows about Terry and what she wants is to be the filling in a Terry sandwich. That didn't work out very well. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what that would be. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> She's going to cut him in half. And, uh... and climb in? 
Anyway, she wants to bone Terry is what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah, yes. That's, that's where I, yeah, I got there. At no point is Terry like, hey, do you mind if I give you hugs and kisses? Uh, and at the same time, you get the sense that Jackie's like, hey, hugs and kisses. This shit's great. This is what I wish for for Christmas. But it's all, <laughs> it's all weird. Then our heroes get back to the pub. Uh, Jackie and Robbie flirt briefly. And then the pub guys, just the, you know, the punters at the pub are just like, hey, Jackie, what if we just throw you up in the air a bunch and count? And Jackie's like, I guess. And yeah. it's weird. Well, and the like, band's setting up and it's. The band pulls up at the same time as oh, Jackie, right, yes. Angus, and Terry. And Angus goes to the back of the van and just starts hauling their crap out. He's like, come right. on, guys, you got to play your songs for this good for murder guy. It's your big, big chance. And so they do set up in the pub. But then they just sort of stand there and you don't understand if they're going to sing or not until Angus all but hits them over the head and goes, sing, do music songs. I mean, free beer. Um, and right. so they do. One, two, three, four. They do a song. Jackie's the singer. They all play. And uh, and everybody has a great time and intercut with. I have no memory of what the song is, by the way. And nope. I don't she's got a body. She's got a soul. And then I'm going to trust this guy with the rest of my life and put a ring on him. And Terry is dancing with the cat lady and the grandma. And the rest of the pub is doing choreography. Reg has Wally the cockatoo on his shoulder. And at this point was when Ian was like, this movie's probably 80 yard because that cockatoo was screaming the entire time. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah. Probably. And at some point, someone gets thrown out a window for reasons that escaped me. Oh, I think it's the one guy in the bar who's like, Oi, this is dumb. And they're just like, well, I guess property damage it is. Yeah, they're watching the news broadcast of oh, Jackie. Right. And it's like, because she was nude. People are like, oh, disgusting. Disgusting that a, a woman was nude. And Hazard, <laughs> the, the, the friend at the pub, pushes the guy out the little tiny side window. Much in the same way that I'm sure a producer went, we got to make sure that there are some uh, boobs in the movie. Oh, also, it's Australia, so there's got to be a bar fight. <laughs> we need a minimum of one defenestration. <laughs> it's a short way to go, but... It's, so it's like the opposite of the rules for the Batman animated series. <laughs> yes. They have to have all of those. Things. Right after that, uh, Jackie's mom comes back with a guy no. in a taxi. Yes. Turns out to be Angus's dad, and they come in while all this sing-song is happening, uh, Angus's dad is into the music, but Pearl is not. Angus's dad is into Pearl and is like, maybe we should just go back to the beach and knock boots. There's a lot about this particular relationship <laughs> that we are given almost no information on. But what I can put together, so Pearl is coming back. She is leaving her vacation early because she heard on the news that her daughter nearly died nude screaming <laughs> falling from a high wire which is i think a fine reason to leave your vacation she is with this guy who we will come to find out is angus's father and if we remember what jackie said at the beginning of the movie that angus's mom went to a convent and her dad went to go plant fruit or something in wherever I think Brisbane, uh, and I'm probably mispronouncing that, but he's wherever sh the mom went on vacation. So now they have traveled back together. They come into the pub. Angus's dad is like, hey, Angus, here's some money because I missed your 11th birthday. And somebody else is like, 
You're three years late, you asshole. Nana's like, my son, my beautiful son, come to me. And hugs yeah. him. So I'm like, is Ankus's dad Nana's son? Still trying to draw the web because I've sure. Na- but are maybe Pearl and Angus's dad siblings? Well, maybe Nana's just specifically Angus's Nana. Could be. Maybe maybe she moved in after Angus did, <laughs> and everybody just likes her more. <laughs> there could be an entire separate conversation with us all I, with the the bulletin board and the red yarn and pictures of people just I, tearing our hair out. I need a Game of Thrones style like. Uh, the, the thing where where you know who pe- a mnemonic. <laughs> I'll take no, anything. No, so, no, so, no, I'm just no that's not it. No, but, wait, family tree. That will do. Yeah, yeah, family tree. But I would take anything. I would take a song that you could just <laughs> sing all of their names to remember, or uh, like an acronym or something. Like, but it's yeah, it's a mess. I I would kill for like a Doa Deer song just about their entire family. Pearl, the mom, she's Jackie's mom. Reg, we think he owns it's the bird. Bird, <laughs> the bird that's on Reg's shoulder. Nana, she's related to somebody. Okay, it's the next morning, you guys. And it's the next morning, and uh, everybody takes turns trying to get Angus out of bed to go to school. And it's oh, almost God, a full half. It's almost a full half of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Pearl comes in, she's like, get out of bed. And his dad comes in and is like, hey, can I borrow 10 bucks? Thank you. He just steals some money. And then Pearl comes back in and is like, when your dad goes back to Brisbane, he's taking you with him. Ha, 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 ha. So the great thing about this is that the way it's shot is that Angus is lying on his mattress, which I think is just on the floor in the foreground or maybe a bed. And then in the, in the, in the distance, you can see Jackie in her kiddie pool bed. And every time somebody comes in and says something to Angus, Angus does not open his eyes or react. And when they leave, he's like, who is that? And then Jackie explains what has just happened. It's great. It's so funny. Did we already say that at the end of the big sing-song rock number that Terry's like, you know what? You crazy kids can be on my show. Oh, we didn't. He's like, show up for practice on Thursday. The end. And now our day is getting started. And basically, uh, Angus has used up all of his get out of jail free cards and he has to go to school. Meanwhile, Jackie is going to somebody's roof to do band rehearsal. And Angus is like, you can't do anything without me. You're all useless without me. I'm going to hold my breath until I turn. Like he's just a, well, just a little sawed off shit here. Yeah. He, he rips out a cigarette from his mattress and a lighter and has a smoke while he's complaining about being left out of things. <laughs> I simultaneously love and hate this kid. Like, really, it's just like he's such a stinker. And then at the, when he pulls out his cigarette, I'm just like, God damn it. I wish I was as cool as you when I was 14. That's a cool <laughs> ass kid. And then he says, I might as well get hit by a bus. And he walks away. <laughs> yep. Oh, and Jackie promises him like, hey, we're going to try and record a couple of your or rehearse a couple of your songs. And he's like, I don't care. I'm going to go play in traffic. But she does. He goes down <laughs> yeah. to the street and lies down. He's waiting for Radiohead's <laughs> Just video to be shot around him. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, and then, and then he's basically a car stops rather than run him over. And yeah, nice of him. Pearl comes out and is like, what is going on out here? <laughs> and the guy's like, well, this kid's lying in the road. And Pearl's like, well, now I'm going to drive you to school. How do you like that? Jackie is having a conversation with nobody about what's going on between her mom and Angus's dad. And it's a real good question. 
And one, mm. the movie is not going to spend another second considering. <laughs> yeah. Angus is lying on the street and they pick him up and they put him on the train to school. And he literally does the pathetic little like Charlie in the Chocolate Factory face pressed against the window because the train <laughs> goes right by his sister's band rehearsal. Yeah. It's just like there's rowdy kids on the train. Like they, All of the children on this train look like bullies. Yes. <laughs> but Angus goes to bully university, basically. <laughs> Jackie's mom and Angus's dad have cute little flirt and tango. I don't know if I'd call it cute. It's weird. It's a little weird. He does a little smooch at the end and then steals money from the entryway. Hard to tell how much Pearl likes it. Oh, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't tell. I thought Pearl was just sort of like into it, but they're both weird, awkward actors, so I'm not sure. I okay, so I think she is into it, but she's not as into it as he is, and I think she just wished he, he wishes he would take it from a ten to a, like a five. I also think there's the question of they don't want to see, they don't want their family to see them yes. doing. Yes, although everybody clearly already knows. Yes, how could they not? <clears throat> so uh, the band comes running down the stairs, and uh, good. Hey, we rehearsed for ten minutes. We did it. Let's go drink beer. Uh, and then they're at the pub and uh, Jackie's pouring free beers for everybody and Pearl hates it. So they, for some reason, like it's, it's a really hard cut where they're just like da 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 pouring beers and then they're up in Jackie and Angus's room farting around. Yeah. Getting ready. Jackie does her hair and people play with the sand in her pool and strum a Beatles ukulele with a drumstick. <laughs> I don't even know if the director called action for that scene. I think there's a good chance they just pointed a camera at these 10 to 15 kids and it's just like, we got what we needed. They're getting ready for the show. Angus sneaks out because he's decided that the bird has to be part of the rock show. It's because Jackie's hair looks so stupid. So you might as well add the bird. So it looks like it's deliberate. When your hair looks stupid, get a bird. That is the cure for bad hair days. That's a bird hair day right there. That's a little fashion tip. He goes downstairs and grabs the bird. And at that time, a man with a suit peeks in the door of the kitchen is like, whoa, illegal bird on site. I'm going <laughs> to shut this place down. You all owe me money. I'm the brewery guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is like. How many, this is like what, like an hour into the film where they introduce the idea that there's stakes. <laughs> and again, here and gone, leaving, like I said, nothing but a minty aftertaste. Like, <laughs> this guy must be the bad. Or, well, first of all, it's like, oh, there's going to be like weirdness between this mom and Angus's dad, between Pearl and Angus's dad, because now they're going to be brother and sister, and that's weird. Or, like, what's going to that? So, that's going to be something that we're going to have to deal with in the movie. And now they're going to close the pub down. That's a big deal, too. And then the movie goes, oh, honey, don't worry. You're pretty light about any of this. <laughs> this is not an issue. <laughs> None of this is. Look, they just need to put on a show. Everybody understands how this works. Payment is due February 1st, which could be tomorrow. No. Okay. Corey, this film has a very specific timeline. Do you know what time it is big... right now? It's in the almost movie? Christmas. It's, pre- it's almost Christmas be- It's because we see them celebrate Christmas and the big yeah, but we don't know rock that show time. is on New Year's. Uh, there's Christmas decorations up. 
they do say the opera house show when he's on wow uh they, they do say the opera house show is the big new year's show some of us paid attention to the film i mean i didn't but i watched it through. no i also didn't but hmm. okay well none of us paid attention to the film but still guys the pub's in trouble the pub's in trouble. We got to save the pub. Don't think about it too much. Don't get too worried about it. But the pub's in trouble. Should we do it like some kind of strip show or something? Maybe our boot factory needs to make needs to make sexy boots. Well, no, we just go right to the kangaroo store. Get all the kink, <laughs> all the kinky boots you want. All right. Look, we're at the TV studio. Our heroes show up and there is an assistant director lady or audience or talent coordinator she is just she's got a sharp haircut and a vest and she is not going to put up with anybody's <laughs> shit so she is everyone who's ever worked backstage she gets on the phone and she's like yeah jackie moans is here she looks like she's just had an encounter with the yorkshire <laughs> ripper uh <laughs> and that because she's dressed she's wearing her she's dressed a bit tardy Oh, she's wearing a dress that partially consists of a vinyl record around her waist, like a very large vinyl record. It looks great. I love it. It's very Jetson chic. Like it's like it's she, exactly she looks chic. like she's about to bust out Eep Orc. Uh -uh. <laughs> Here's the thing about Jackie's outfits is that they're all a lot. They're all arguably terrible, but her confidence makes them great. Well, she's going to need wardrobe, hair and makeup. Yeah. What is the exact line? She's going to need a, uh, the uh, the backstage assistant basically says she needs hair, eyes, gown and skin, which I was <laughs> like, speaking of the Yorkshire Ripper, that sounds like something a murderer would say. <laughs> oh, I what I said was I also need those things. It's true. <laughs> and that's why we're starting a Patreon so we can buy gowns for Anna. Anna would love some gowns. We're, we're, we're going to work on it, buddy. So she's in the makeup chair getting her face scrubbed. It looked like they were covering up music note tattoos, but I don't think she has face <laughs> tattoos. I wasn't sure if they were putting them on or taking them off, but there were fewer each cut. So I eventually figured it out. She came in with her face painted and they were like, that's not going well, but because now we're getting to another thing that is like a 10 minute conflict. This movie mm. has no conflicts that last the length of the movie they're just like these little side quest sub conflicts and this next one is basically the the lady is like here's your gown here's the song you're going to be singing with our band and that's the name of that tune suck it up this is showbiz kid and then the rest of the band and angus runs in and is like hey we're gonna do things and they basically say to them all of you rotten children Please leave. Angus, leave faster than everybody else because you're the biggest stinker. You're not going to sing with her. You're not going to do anything. She's not going to wear that outfit. Uh, you stole fizzy lifting drinks. Goodbye. <laughs> and Jackie's like, get me, Terry. This will not stand. Angus yells at Terry in the hallway. He's like, what's the big deal? We were doing this band thing. And he's like, no, she's got a solo spot with the studio band. But if it goes well, you can play with the band on New Year's, the opera. And this is where we get a little conversation between Angus and uh, and Jackie, where I love the content of the scene. I think it's put in weird and I don't think it helps move the story. But this is where Jack, where Angus is like, Are you going to let him just throw us all out? And Jackie's just like, hey, I need different friends and 
to talk to different people and like live in a house and not live at the pub and have a life. And the thing is about you, you do a great impression of a grown up, but you're 14, you're a minor. And he's like, a minor part of your plans. Yeah. And like <laughs> this scene needed to happen somewhere. But the thing that gets us into it is a little crooked because it's just like it she's not making decisions for herself she's basically just being like well they said that i'm doing this alone and you can't fight city hall so and so that's not really her going like and that's a decision i'm making as an individual that's basically like well those are the cards that i was dealt so i'm going to do them and it doesn't it's a lovely scene of dialogue and i don't think it fits I think it's a puzzle piece they jammed in, which is too bad. I think there is also a subtext there of, listen, I have to do what Terry says if I'm going to bone him. Also, also important. <laughs> when I say when I say I want new friends, I mean Terry. I want Terry to be my new friend. It's all of those things. It's I can't keep hanging around a 14-year-old. It's I don't want to live in the pub anymore. And then... I would not mind boning Terry. She makes some valid points, but you're right. They do come up at an odd time where she really hasn't been pushed to a breaking point by Angus where she might snap and say all these things. It's And the simple fix is if she got bad advice from somebody, maybe not Terry, but maybe like the person who works backstage or a competitor or something like that. It's like, you're not going to win. You're not going to win like this. You're going to win like this. You got to get rid of that. And she's like, oh, maybe I do need to do that. Something. But it's all just sort of like she's just sort of passing agency from Angus to Terry. And it does, eh, yeah. eh. It's yeah. the one part of the movie that I was just like, this, this is the one thing that needed a rewrite. But. But. Angus gets pissed off and grabs some powder <laughs> and does this little strangled scream that I'm definitely going to insert because it's the most hilarious noise on the planet. And then dumps powder all over Jackie and Terry and runs off with the band to do shenanigans in the hallways. Angry dancing. <laughs> because Angus cannot quote unquote sing, mm -hmm. I do not give this song ultimate banger status, but goddamn, it's a lot of fun. I want to live in a house with my own litter box. It's also arguably one of the only songs in the like in the movie that's like a musical musical type song because it's not there's no real implication that this is being performed. This is this is pure like hey people are singing about how they feel and he's singing about how mad he is that Jackie wants to live in a house basically. It's a monkey style rap ramp romp. Mm. It's a very it's a fun song. And Angus's voice is sort of of the we let Peter Tork or Ringo sing one. It's not that he can't sing, but it's not that he can sing. But boy oh boy, <laughs> he sells it a hundred percent. And my other favorite thing about it is they're all running around and they're doing like fun running, jumping, standing still, hard days, night monkeys type things. And they run in a door and they disappear and stuff like that. But whereas the Beatles and the monkeys were like, let's film this in a park for some reason, or let's, they just do this in stairwells and hallways and it makes it even better. Yeah. There's also a lot of really good symmetry in the shots. They're great. Oh, there's this excellent bit where like here because here's the thing is Angus is like half as tall as the rest of the people in this in the band because he's he's a small boy. And there's this part where they're they're all hanging like 
part some of them partially obscured from like a railing on on some stairs and they have to pull themselves up and angus is very obviously scrambling more than the rest of them and i just liked it a lot it's one of the few real numbers Mm-hmm. And it's a goddamn delight. My favorite thing, uh, at one point they were performing uh, in a stairwell in front of a window and there's just a window washer <laughs> casually washing it. <laughs> and for the life of me, I don't know if that person was hired or if that person was just cleaning the fucking windows while this was happening. I really want to believe it's the latter because there's no business otherwise. <laughs> He's just cleaning a window. And it's really funny to me that they're doing the like oh we're gonna rampage through a tv studio shtick and like the most you see of this tv studio like is like a couple of backdrops it's it's not exactly peewee's big adventure no it's great it's so much fun and it's so and it's one of those things where it's like the movie basically goes we're cheap we're a cheap movie we don't have a lot yeah how about some stairwells these kids they're going to dance. Great. And they dance their way to the van and Angus gets on the roof on an armchair that has a lamp by it and they drive off. And that's the last we ever saw of them. No, that's not. Nope. <laughs> Obviously, Angus has not watched enough Super Dave to know, to know that it's not a good idea to sit in a chair on top of a moving vehicle. Um, luckily, there are no underpasses. Uh, so the big show starts. Jackie does a number and it is fine she looks somnambulic they let the screaming children in the family shows up with oh, yeah okay the bar friend yeah there's four adults yeah <laughs> i have a question i think three are related i have a question go on all right so it has been firmly established that jackie is going on last yes they let everybody into the studio and jackie goes on is she also first <laughs> She's my first, she's my last, she's my everything. Did they shoot each act on a different soundstage and then take the crowd to it? Like, what? What the deuce? Time's a flat circle. This movie is so narratively tight otherwise that it was just really obvious. Yeah, weird. It's weird that this movie would leave us guessing and confused. All we know is that the screaming fans want Terry and Nana thinks that Jackie could use a handbag for her outfit. (laughs) God. And then, yeah, she sings the song that she was told to sing, and it sucks, and the cameras are confusing. She's got a bit that she's supposed to, like, point in the camera, and mm. you can just see her getting angrier and angrier as things go on. Well, and her mom is even like, I've never seen Jackie dress beautifully. <laughs> we are obviously supposed to go, Jackie blew it. She doesn't necessarily mm. sing it. It's more... The movie doesn't make a huge commitment to her, like, completely, completely blowing it. Like, she stays on tune, and the audience seems receptive and excited. Like, nobody's booing her and saying, get the fuck off stage. So she's not terrible, and she's not great. She's just sort of, and she's not herself. That's the thing we're supposed to take away, is that her Jackie energy, her Jackie mojo is not there. Yeah. My take on it is that she gets out there and she realizes that she hates singing the song that's not hers without her band, that's not her energy. And she just like dis- disassociates for most of it because she yeah. looks so blank and half asleep for it. It's just just the opposite of what she's normally like. It's like, honestly, it's like they, they slipped her a Percocet and put her on stage. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, she can 
walk a tightrope and she can wear a wiglet, but she can't do this. Oh, well. <laughs> you can't do everything, Jackie. But here's something you can do. You can go to Terry's afterward for a little hotel party. <laughs> Terry's like, hey, that wasn't great, but it was interesting. So there you go. Hey, how about you come back? Hey, this will cheer you up. Why don't you come back to my hotel for a little party? And when Kayla and I watched this movie for the first time last year, we were mm. like, oh, no. This yeah. is where the movie is going to get real serious and gross. This yeah. is where Terry's going to be serious and gross. Fine. Jackie's still like a lamb to the slaughter. She's like, ooh, I'm going to go to this hotel and I'm going to have a special hotel party. Yep. She dresses <laughs> back up in her old vinyl disc costume, <laughs> does her hair in a different new way, gives the cockatoo to a bag man at the hotel. <laughs> Steps off the elevator to the rooftop pool and into the Saturday Night Live Schmidt's Gay commercial. <laughs> Terry is on an inflatable mattress in the pool, his little Speedo on, and he's sharing a smoke with another guy with a Speedo. And there's a bunch of other guys around and a male synchronized swimming team. And I said, seeing this and not like, not immediately assuming that it was um, like, diegetically gay if you will um, <laughs> you think they oopsied into that <laughs> oh no she's the only lady and it's all men this is not good she should turn around and run yes or <laughs> or they're all very very gay and i and again like and it's these weird like Oh, how's this movie going to fuck this up? Because I watch a lot of movies from the 70s and 80s, and they're very good at fucking it up. And so it's like, oh, oh, thank God. This isn't going to be a creepy assault scene. Oh, no, but now we're going to get a whole <laughs> bunch of gay stereotypes. Australian comedies are not afraid, especially of this era, not afraid of squishy stereotypes. The movie doesn't give a shit. It's actually kind of wonderful. It's just like, hey, it's a bunch of dudes on a roof and they're doing dude stuff. And now you know what religion Terry is. And like, he's uh, wearing the tiniest pants in God's creation. And everybody else is wearing singlets. And they're having just the biggest, They're well, for lack of a better phrase, they're just having a gay old time. They sing a song about being tough. Because you got to use like all of the advantages you have available to you out in the world because it's difficult. And they dance until sunset. And possibly sunrise. And the synchronized swimmers make a circle, and a guy goes through the circle. And I really like. They it. get inflatable sharks, and they fake fight the inflatable sharks. <laughs> a bunch of them have like zinc oxide on their noses, and it's just like some guys are in little tiny speedos, some guys are in old timey singlets. I wanted to hug my like it was such to go in thinking, oh, this is the creepo scene where we learn that Terry is a creepo, like, and then to have it just be like. Nope, nope. He's just, he's just a, he's just a knight. He's still too handsy. He still needs mm -hmm. to be explained to him, sir, just because you don't no. want to make out with this lady doesn't mean that you can give her little nose kisses. Like, we're going to have a long talk about that. But, movie, <laughs> good on you for not showing Jackie get like in a bad situation or show a bunch of swishy do like, it was the happy i think it's the it's one of my favorite moments in the film it's such a good reveal terry does need to maybe understand that how how his little hugs and kisses are received by by the opposite sex is maybe not the way he intends them 
Right. Ignore, ignoring the consent and agency issue altogether, which is definitely an issue, but also, like, he maybe doesn't understand how this represents himself. It's the difference between him needing a talk and a talking to. I think he just yeah, needs a he talk. he just needs a talk. Mm. Girl, you gotta stop with the stop with the kissies. Okay, I know please. it's showbiz. I know you've been around a lot of other people, gotten a lot, a lot of bad habits, things like that. Yeah. Just, you know. Yeah, no kissies. Jackie really wants to have sex with you, and you you inadvertently encouraged her to think that this was a possibility. Back at the pub, they're all having yet another sing-song, and the note I had was, uh, boy, heterosexuality is grim in comparison. <laughs> like, it's just, <laughs> you just true. there's no contest. You just have a bunch of guys and inflatable sharks having an awesome <laughs> fucking time in a pool, and then you just have all of these drab old... <laughs> straight drunks just being like oh the queen piano piano yeah there's a lot of like little dialogue bits in the back apparently angus's dad was left in charge of the bar and nana's Mm. out here giving too much change which one of the patrons is like hey get your drinks from nana it's a better investment than the oil industry (laughs) (laughs) angus goes looking around and notices the safe in the manager's office is open we have not mentioned Something that I think is extremely important, which is the brand of beer that they do sell at this pub, which is tooth beer. It is tooth beer. Yes. Yeah. I I don't like that name. <laughs> you don't like tooth beer? I don't like tooth beer. I How's this? I don't want a beer named after any bony protrusion. <laughs> That's there's, just me. Okay, there's definitely an IPA somewhere called Boning Protrusion. There is now. <laughs> Tooth beer especially is just like, eh, I don't like it. Because <laughs> yeah. it sounds like I'm going to find a tooth in my beer. That's like the best it. case scenario from that name. What's the worst? What's the worst case? It's made brewed you find from it, teeth. You find a tooth Pops in your beer, but teeth. it's yours. A uniquely pub problem. I won't limit that to uh, Australia, but I think anywhere that has a strong pub culture, you're probably going to encounter guys whose teeth end up in their beers. You know what? I recant because I think I'd actually be happier to at least know that the tooth I found in my beer belonged to me than some some unknown person. That's the thinnest of silver linings, my friend. <laughs> it's it's. I mean, it's splitting the difference. They're both awful. I would say, I would say, tooth enamel thin. Uh, there's, you're gonna need a lot of fluoride to to bulk up that silver lining. Maybe there's a lot of fluoride in the beer. Maybe that's it. <laughs> I don't drink beer. I don't have to care about how disgusting this is. Terrible, but also write that down because I think we might be able to make some money off of that. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so where's Angus's dad? Angus looks and the safe has been broken into and all of the money has been taken and Angus's dad is nowhere to be seen and everybody is bummed about that except for Angus, who seems like, hey, bad news, the money's gone, good news, but dad's gone too. I live with you guys again. And then Reg is like, where's my cockatoo? (laughs) Right. Oh, and uh, Pearl says, uh, Pearl just surveys the scene and goes, that's people for you. And she's just, <laughs> she's mad on a bunch Poor of levels. Poor Pearl. Pearl. I mean, Pearl's definitely had a rough, had a rough life. I think that's clear. Jackie is now on her way back from her big gay pool party. And she takes the cab. She basically tells the cab driver, uh, take me to where Angus is sulking because she pulls 
right up. <laughs> and I think it's across from the bar, it is. but it might not. Okay, yeah, but it's but we don't get that establishing shot. Wait, so the bar has a beautiful view across the whatever body of water to the Sydney Opera House? To the unnamed Opera House. Could be any Opera House. We're not and sure. And they're not able to make rent? Well, not now that the week's take is gone. Well, because we're not gifted an establishing shot, it does seem like uh, she's like, Angus will be cinematically sulking by the Sydney Opera House. So please, that might be the, his sulking uh, place. I would buy that she knows that. Yeah, it's just under a bridge with the clackers and she comes up and apologizes to him in kind of a roundabout way. He's like, how's your dumb boyfriend, Terry? Did you have fun doing boyfriend things? And she's like, nope, totes gay. He's got a cute line where he's oh. like, he can't be. Doesn't have a mustache. <laughs> what she's what she says is, which which I find heartbreaking on a number of levels, is she's like, no, he just wants to be my friend. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it's nice to have friends at least, Jackie. It doesn't have to be that like it doesn't have to be that much of a letdown. You are a singer who is now still actually, this is best case scenario to have as a platonic. Absolutely no chance of ever fucking guy who is in the music industry and who can help make you famous. This is great. Mm. But she's just like, mm, I had a crush on him. Good thing I have backup boy uh, who will get to it. <laughs> yeah, I think this is across the street from the pub because Reg walks up with his broom <laughs> to get the cockatoo that is just wandering around loose on the ground. Counterpoint, Reg has been wandering around Sydney looking for his cockatoo. It's just like, With maybe it's at Angus's sulking spot, which we all know and love. What's the difference between a cockatoo and a cockatiel, if there isn't indeed one? Uh, the last three letters. Cockatoo's bigger, uh, like yeah. double the size. Uh, they okay. come in a lot of different flavors. This one's a sulfur-crested cockatoo. Mm. Thank you. Are you a bird expert? Ian loves birds <laughs> and follows many cockatoos. Okay. <laughs> He clapped when the man said, stop blowing on my cocky. Yes. Because he loves it when people call them cockies. Ian's Twitter feed is roughly 50% bird retweets. All right. By the way, while they were clo closing up the pub, uh, Robbie, the lead singer of the band, is drunk and passed <laughs> out. And Angus says to an adult, one of the many adults, who seem to be there but not in charge is just like, oh, everybody go to bed. I'll take care of this drunk man falling asleep in our bar. <laughs> Jackie goes to wake him up and is basically like, hey, I'm real sorry all of that happened. But long story short, the guy I wanted to have sex with doesn't want to have sex with me. So guess who's back, baby? And she eats his face a little bit and sings yep. a song. Oh, right. Yep. And she sings a song. And he tries to kiss her more, but she's too busy singing. And at one point, there's a bit of the song that goes, woo, and her mouth is not doing the shapes correctly. <laughs> it's very distracting. It's so interesting to me how we pay attention to different things on this podcast as individuals. Weakest song in the movie. I think we can mm -hmm. all agree. Nobody likes a power ballad, or I'll rephrase that. I don't like power ballads. And mm -hmm. I understand that they felt like they had to have one because every rock opera has to have a power ballad but it's like not great. Also, I don't necessarily care about Jackie and Robbie's relationship. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really. Well, I mean, relationship's kind of a strong term for, for their one night stand that is developing into maybe a two night stand. <laughs> I mean, I will say that it's great to see that Jackie is 
firmly in the driver's seat on this. Like she is calling mm -hmm. the shots. She is just like, Hey Robbie, this other thing didn't work out. So you're my special Saturday night thing. I'm even going to sing mm -hmm. a song about it. Robbie doesn't really get to do anything or have any thoughts in his pretty little head. He just sort of flashes his bum at one point and smiles and plays guitar. And it's, and again, it's like, Oh, that's nice. That's nice movie. That's fine. I don't care about this guy as a character and neither do you. Pearl is getting ready for bed and Angus comes into her room and comforts her in an awkward way. Uh, yeah, that, um, hmm. I don't think it's supposed to look like what it looks like. In a way that I would describe as accidentally sexually charged. Yeah, because she's got on like a silky she's got robe and he goes to put his hand on her shoulder and it accidentally pulls off it's some of the some... robe and it's just like wait Angus are you gonna lean in for a smooch with your aunt it feels like they could have used another take on this one it's the, oh that's funny that you think anything got more than one take I, no I just think they could have used one Aunt Pearl is also wearing her nighttime push-up bra like there's a lot of like yeah. she's <laughs> oh my gosh she's ready for a hot night with herself <laughs> and then Angus gives Bad, bad, bad advice, which is, well, look on the bright side. Everything that can happen has already happened, which is like, A, this is not true. That's not true about everything, like literally everything. But then the movie follows it up by having Reg run in and go, quick, Nana swallowed her dentures. And then we cut to Christmas and they're pulling Nana off the bed because she's been sulking in her bed apparently all week because she choked on her dentures. And now it's a Christmas movie and canonically forever Starstruck is a Christmas movie and you should watch it at Christmas. I disagree. It's a, clearly a New Year's movie and you should watch it at New Year's. You know what? Actually, I and it's too bad we just kind of went through yeah. this. This is the perfect movie for Slug Week between christmas and new year's where time Ooh. is you might you still have to do a job if you have a job but besides that you never know what time it is and you don't you don't know what day it is you don't know if you should be asleep or awake starstruck is that movie for the week between christmas and new year's i did kind of regret that we didn't that jen and i because we we normally watch a movie when we hang out and we watched a movie on, on New Year's Eve and we watched Legend and I was like, oh, if we'd watched this, it would have been New Year's appropriate. But also we watched Legend, so that's fine. Uh, I got mad because Kayla and I did a, uh, we did a six, well, uh, I decided that the theme of the evening was Rockin' New Year's Eve. We decided to do a movies marathon and I picked like 15 movies and then put them in our uh, plastic popcorn bin and then we did random draws of movies and I am kicking myself because Starstruck absolutely should have been uh, mm. one of the selections, but I'm not complaining because we had a great evening. Ian and I watched a Bollywood revenge movie where a man reincarnates as a fly. It's called Ega. <laughs> but not that Ega. Huh. There's, an, there's a Mystery Science Theater episode. Yes, Ega. Oh, my mistake. I pronounced it wrong. Ega. The three of us had very on brand new year's that's very nice i think so okay so christmas uh robbie gets underwear 
and not just underwear, but little like leopard print banana warmer underwear. And they're like, you're part of the family now. Uh, and it reminded me of the first time that Kayla spent Christmas with my family and they gave her a Christmas stocking and my grandparents give everybody underwear for Christmas. And so uh. they gave Kayla like, and it wasn't like, frilly or in but they're just like here's your eight pack of granny panties and a lottery ticket merry christmas and welcome to the family and kayla yeah. was like <laughs> what why do i have underpants <laughs> robbie plays through as best he can and who cares it's robbie and uh, they all just sort of like have a good old christmas time and then angus gives nana a crystal ball and a scarf so she can be psychic mm -hmm. because remember mm -hmm. 62 hours ago when Nana said under her breath, I'm psychic, you know? Yeah. It's a plot point, I guess. They're going to set her up in the beer garden. She can tell people's futures and they'll make so much money. And Nana is distinctly not into this idea and just wants to go to bed. She's just like, we're going to lose the pub. We're going to lose everything. And he's like, it'll be different by New Year's Eve. And she's like, it'll be worse. And then it's New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, New Year's. We're hanging up a banner. Uh, we're watching the TV, and Wow is on, and it's an ad for their big show at the Sydney Opera House, which we must make very clear, Jackie and her band will not be performing at. Because that was never said, but it was implied, but everybody's staring at the TV because Angus, is who can, like, teleport and is a tomorrow person possibly <laughs> that's the only thing we really have to investigate the idea that angus might be a tomorrow person i feel like that's the only thing that really makes sense. and nana too because she's psychic so he jaunted to uh the wow stage where he's just standing there and then basically the ad is over and he turns to terry and he's like give me tickets from my nana she's sad and he's like, okay, fine. He shoves an ticket. ice cream cone in Angus's face. And then Angus is yeah. like, take a picture with me. And I'm like, is this some sort of weird blackmail thing? Right. What's going on with this camera? And then he walks away. Terry's like, you're not going to show it to me. And then he gets accosted by more fans. And then Angus takes another photo of him without permission yep. from far away and smirks cheekily. Like it's part of his master plan. Because plans are happening now. There's definitely plans. Angus is up to something. Getting these tickets was the first part of the plan. And now we see uh, there are more plans happening. Uh, one of the band members is wearing... Oh! One of the things in the holiday scene. This is the thing. I thought we forgot something. Uh, basically, one of the things that they give Aunt Pearl is like a collage of Jackie's head on an old picture of Pearl. And she's wearing this big blue poofy foofy dress and basically they're like give her the dress she's gonna look rad in it and pearl's like okay here's the dress so now the dress is being fitted for jackie although one of the fellas in the band is wearing it uh because he's just a mannequin which is like kind of the role that all of the boys in the band in this movie play and it's fine uh mm -hmm. and they're dying a bunch of jumpsuits blue and then we go to the steps of the sydney opera house and our heroes are dressed as people who work behind the scenes of the show but they're also walking in a way that will draw the most attention to them possible. They're like walking in synchronized quick step, one step up to the side, to the back. Yep. And it's like, you know what you guys are bad at? Sneaking. You're bad at sneaking. What about when they inconspicuously hang out near all the phone booths before their friend comes up with a single road case and then they, a yep. group of like eight of them, push this single road case in behind the scenes. 
And we see that they had been dyeing these jumpsuits because they're going to match the people who are working backstage at the show. The downside of this is the movie forgets to show us a number of people working <laughs> backstage at the show wearing the, you see like in the distance, like, Oh, I guess that person's wearing a blue jumpsuit and a yellow cap, but I'll be goddamned right. if it, so it's like, are you, even it's kind of obvious. They say, wow, on the back. Yeah. And they've got a yellow hat, but the blue is very wrong. I have a, yes, it's the wrong blue. I have a theory that maybe, Angus was taking pictures of the backstage crew so that they could do this. Oh, but that was that, not readily apparent. Yeah, that's a that is the thing the movie should have shared with us. That's funny. the other thing. The other great thing is that when you see all of them like show up and 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 sneak sneakily into the building, uh, you can see from behind one of them is very round, <laughs> and I'm like, and I was like, Jen. This is because it's Jack and she's wearing the dress under the under her outfit. And that's why she looks so round. A plus movie watching. And it turns out she's the one in the road case because I don't know, she'd be recognized. Yeah. People would be like, <laughs> Just, why are you so puffy? She's too round. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not it's not gonna pass close scrutiny. So Angus and Jackie now head for a million miles up in the sky in the rafters, uh, and the rest of the boys go like backstage and pretend to be roadies. Yeah, they're supposed to grab tape or grab a microphone or grab whatever. Terry comes out and goes, that was the last band of the talent show. All of our contestants have been seen now. The next band coming up will not be a band from the talent show because the talent show is over. It's done. Nobody else is going to perform. We're going to go to commercial. And then after that, no more talent show. Wink. Kissy, kissy. <laughs> Jackie and Angus are on the wrong side of the stage, so they have to crawl over the big arch on stage while the band is performing below them. Big death-defying stunt. Angus finds a box with numbers and switches on it that definitely 100% does something. And it's very important, and we get a lot of shots of it. I think it is the thing that lowers... So basically, here's what happens Yeah. Jackie is on a thing where she is going to be lowered down onto the stage. The boys in the, the sweaters, the screamers, whatever the band we don't care about is, uh, Jackie's backup band, uh, they are milling about setting up but not moving for the commercial because the commercial is about to be done. Uh, and they're, everybody's like, Get off, hey, get off the state. We're coming back. And the show's about to start. The, the queue, oh no. 10, 9, 8. Oh no. Two. And then hide from the cameras. And then they all have instruments and they play the song right on cue. There's a cute thing too that's happening before before the commercial ends where they keep bumping into the actual crew who are about to do whatever they're about to do. And they're and they but they they'll look at that person, they'll be like, I gotcha. And then they'll just turn around. It's really it's funny. Their entire plan is predicated on the idea that Mentos ads are documentaries. Yes. <laughs> it is exactly a Mentos ad. You are not wrong. Now, our boys, the good, the very good boys band, they are playing in their little jumpsuits, and Jackie is lowered from the ceiling, uh, and there's a split second where it's like, oh, no, is she stuck? And she's not. And then the, everybody who runs the show is like, hey, um, all of these children have infiltrated our very important live New Year's Eve show. Should we do something? And they all go, nah, let's just let it power. Roll. 
Oh, they do. Oh, that's the true. But then they bring I it thought, back. Oh, that's why her I thought Jackie stopped. would use her tight roping, her tight rope walking ability to get out of this, but that's not. They kind of do because no the crowd chants jump at her, <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> so true. she kind of dangles and falls yeah. after getting her shoes put back on. But Angus takes one of the mics from one of the backup singers. It was like, "Hey, it's the the Wombats. That's the name of the backup band. We've that's what we've happened. called them the Wombats this whole time." <laughs> and Jackie Mullins, Jackie Mullins, Jackie Mullins, and the crowd's like, "Jump, jump, jump, jump!" Uh, and eventually, I guess the production crew's just like, "Yeah, okay." Fuck it. <laughs> this is terrible TV. Even even this random band would be better than what's whatever's happening here. And they do their number, and of course they're tremendous, and everybody loves them. Angus, for all of his troubles, is grabbed by the scruff of the neck, like the miscreant that he is, and is and stay out uh, <laughs> is thrown out on his patoot, and the door locks behind him, uh, which seems like a fire hazard. But what can you do? And that is where he sees a young lady dressed like one of the Andrews sisters and she is like singing along with the TV because she is the only person in Sydney. I don't know the what's monkey happening. monkey in me, something, something, do it. Monkey in me, something, something, chew it. All right, I, I have to unpack some stuff here. The lyrics? I have to unpack a number of things. Just bear with me. Get going, Anna. Okay, A, I do not know why Jackie chose the monkey in me as her big song. I think she has stronger material she could have gone with. Second of all, I would describe the young lady who Angus bumps into in the liminal space that he has ended up in uh, <laughs> as, as looking at like a sci-fi stewardess. Yes. I, yes and third, I, what is what is happening with that? It's like literally like we're tossing you out into your fantasy realm. Here's here's. I can address Here's where a, a girl who will smooch you. Because the song, I think, is the one they were going to play as a band earlier. They were practicing it on the roof when Angus drove by in the train. Okay. okay. So I think sure. they intended to sing that the first time. And now it's just like, yeah, we get proof of concept that this song is a pop. And the, the crowd's into it. And the stewardess sure. outside is popping her bubble gum. And Angus does the little eyebrows <laughs> at her. She makes heart eyes. He makes heart eyes. You hear, ah, oh, sweet mystery life in the background. How old do you think this girl is, though? Because <laughs> this is all very questionable. I don't know. That's a problem, too, for the, the scene about to come up. But it doesn't matter because now we have two saxophone players who have joined the song and they are giving it and they have elevated <laughs> this performance a thousand percent. Terry's shown up on stage like like it's the the climactic musical number from Oh Brother Where Art Thou. <laughs> hey, it's the Wombats. They won. They won twenty five thousand dollars. Here's the giant check. <laughs> Woo! Like... And then there's fireworks. Fireworks. At fireworks, we we see this is now the Sydney Opera House. We're outside the Sydney Opera House. Crazy that they paid the Sydney Opera House to do those fireworks specifically <clears throat> for the movie. Not that they just waited until the night that they knew there was going to be fireworks and shot that no 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 um and then guys that's that's a wrap they do the title song starstruck uh and then uh, and everybody just dances and the pub is saved and jackie's going to be famous and the band is doing great and the last shot of the movie is angus and this girl from here to eternity <laughs> in each other 
just rolling rolling down the steps of the Sydney Opera House. Her skirt is going everywhere. This was badly, and it's and it's the, the it's a big. Then there's a big wide shot of the two of them just in an embrace at the base of the Sydney Opera House, and inexplicably, that's the last scene of the movie. And we throw to credits. There's a whistling noise and an explosion, and then it just goes to black. It's just like, wow, they all died. There is nothing romantic about rolling down the stairs with somebody. <laughs> Absolutely He's not. He's 14. He's 14. Yeah. We she don't know who know she is. We don't know who she is. We don't know how old she is. She's a sexual predator, apparently. The mainliner's instruments weren't plugged in. Starstruck isn't a very good song. It's a little, It's a little memorable, but only in the chorus. I didn't mind Starstruck. I will give it one thing. Which is that it means that the movie effectively ends with somebody singing its title, putting it in rarefied air with movies that end with their own title being spoken, such as Chinatown. Jen really likes it, and I also like it when this happens. Starstruck! Starstruck! Woo! We did it. It's like 85% a great movie and then 15% some weird shit because of time and place and a little just like it looks like they shot it in three days and they had to do They actually ended up going over budget, which is crazy to me, but also just making movies is mad expensive. And it's it's fun and it's nice and it's great. I, I, I It's a sweet little movie. It's certainly goddamn. Mostly I wanted to watch this as a uh, as a antidote for Babes in Toyland. And I feel <laughs> fair enough. I feel I feel pretty comfortable and peanut butter solution. Okay, now you like peanut butter solution. I like different things for different reasons. And no, I get I I'll I listen. I will absolutely accept that we needed to get the putrid taste of babes and <laughs> out of our collective mouths. But I feel like peanut butter solution goes down a bit easier. Yes, agreed. Agreed. Arguably the best children's movie we've watched so far is Censor. Uh, it's got kids in it. It's a kids movie. Does it? It's for the children. It's, it's good. It's a good movie. It's a nice movie. Oh, it movie. does. It does have children in it. I remember. Starstruck. You, it's streaming for free on YouTube. I've somebody put up a nice, uh, a nice print of it. Uh, but it's also, it's also on Amazon and like all of the streaming places. Um, and look, it's, it's a fun. It's a fun watch. It's a rec- It's definitely a recommend for me. There's a little. It's a little horny. That's its biggest problem. Mm-hmm. And like, who amongst us isn't? <laughs> this movie is bizarre. Like the vehicles are weird. People drive on the other side of the road. You can just have a bed outside. Children wear little shorts for their uniforms. But no one is watching anyone. No one is supervising. Just let a 14-year-old child make crank calls and operate a band. And it's hard to tell if that's if that's the movie or if that's just living in Australia, Australia. in 1983. <laughs> I mean, how could you ever know? Um, you know. It's, it's fun, though. It's here's Here's the thing. I, I do recommend it. I think it's a fun, I think it's a reasonably fun watch. I think it's a good movie to watch with somebody else so that you can, you know, 
look at each other and be like, what the fuck? And try to try to figure things out together um, and pass the time during the uh, lesser musical numbers um, with some conversation or something like on the whole, it was fun. Um, I yeah. don't think hmm, I think some of it is memorable. And I think a lot of it is just so chaotic that it slipped out of my brain as almost as soon as I watched it. But I liked it. Yeah, it's like a it's like a weird parallel dimension high school musical. Like it's just it's like it's a it's it's just this way. It's like it's a teen movie where they win the battle of the bands. And look, I've written one myself. There's a lot of them. Uh but it's just like but just everything is just a hair to a bubble to a big old pie slice off. Um it's not entirely successful, and that makes me love it all the more. Corey is making a face like I don't know, you two. What do you think? I'm still just a little stunned or overwhelmed by the chaos of the movie of just it's just nuts. how much off stuff is. And just like the songs aren't bad. They're just weird. But again, that I feel like lines up fine with my initial theory that this feels like a 1950s or 60s like I defy you to sing a movie from a beach party movie. That's not like a guest star who came in to do their big single. Like the songs are fine. Everything's serviceable. It's yeah, it's, it's weird. It's just a weird, it's a weird movie guys. I, I feel like defying me to sing a song from a beach party movie is like me defying you to like sing, um, I don't know, an anime opening theme. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, <laughs> Josh, you can sing any anime opening theme you want. Um, I, oh, I don't, obviously, I don't know the words, but the Azamanga Dayu theme is about the, the, the Soramimi Cake. The, 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 what? It's called Soramimi Cake. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're not wrong. So, Starstruck. It's super weird and chaotic. It's fun. Watch it the week between Christmas and New Year's. I stand by this. <laughs> You've got lots of time to find a copy. You will have forgotten this podcast by then, but it's not like we spoiled anything. There are no spoilers to be had. Like, it's just weird. It's true. It's just a, it's just a big, weird movie, and I love it. Uh, special thanks to my dear friend Dave Melito, who he and I, uh, I've mentioned him before. We watched Jack and the Beanstalk a million years ago when we were kids. Uh, we grew up together, and we have been playing the lifelong home game version of Hey, Check It Out, where one of us calls or texts the other one and says, Hey, I watched this, and I think you're really going to like it. And the other one goes, well, you've been right for 40 years, but I don't know. I'm going to take my sweet time on this one. And then eventually we, and then eventually we watch it and go, ah, God damn it. This is really good. Yeah. Corey and I play that game. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I play, I, I mean, I play the, the, the long version and she plays the short version. Yes. Um, cause we're stubborn tricks and, uh, there we go. And that's, yeah. and that's the show. Yeah. 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 We did it. Woo. All right. Hey, so that was Hey, Check It Out. My name's Josh A. Kagan. You can find me at Josh A. Kagan on Instagram. But what about my friends? They're going to say some things. <laughs> I'm Anna Wasserman, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Gold Sarcasmium. And I'm Coriander Dickinson. You can find me on Twitter at Absalar, although I will repost Josh's instagram thing i think my name's coriander dickinson 
on Instagram. <laughs> Not just I'm on Instagram. In, I'm <laughs> yes, everywhere. But everyone who is Nancy. Um there you go. Goodbye. 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 The next show is Mermaid Scar, an OVA from 1993. If all goes well, that episode will be posted on February 11th, 2022.